You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by all of the guys. We have resident old man Clark Barnes, the working girl Jordan Smith, and ginger woodsman Nick Bodiford. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Well. Well. How are you? I am well as well. Uh, before we jumped on and, and we're recording, actually, it was just me and Clark. Clark was telling me about his this shirt that he is rocking, which has measuring uh, one's beard length, and he's very proud. Clark, you have now you are now a man because your shirt has told you you are manly with this beard. I've approached the first level, and I'm pretty excited about moving into Amish in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. <laughs> Is, is there a mark at the bottom that says like wizardly or something? Wizard is second to last. God is last. So mm. I thought ZZ Top would have been last, but that's just me. That's a this is how we're on the list. Oh, that's upsetting. That seems that seems like a poor this, beard. This shirt. shirt's ZZ obviously Yankee made. <laughs> this is how we're going to gauge how long the offseason is. Is that we, the offseason starts with Clark being manly, and then by the end of it, he's going to be a god. I was going to be so tired of talking about rookies <laughs> that, yeah. Also, also Nick trying to get on my mustache corner. Not a fan, Nicholas. Yeah, let's, let's I'm let's super impressed. Off. There's a lot of good mustaches on this show, and by a lot, I mean two. And <laughs> you got the connector. I mean, yours counts. I, I do. Mine recently has started to connect. This is like I was saying. I'm 20, 29, and this is what I can grow, baby. I was describing Clark's mustache as a connector to his you beard. You are an asshole, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can fight right. for facial hair. Welcome to the offseason, everyone, where we're yeah, talking about mustaches. We're, we're, we're just going to talk for hours about what facial are, hair. Will you do a fantasy draft? Best mustaches or best facial hair. Yep. Perfect. Mustache complete, march. Complete non I once shaved my beard, except for my mustache, on my first day of work where they took my picture for my uh, ID badge. That's a mistake. Don't do that. Uh, uh, I would pay good money, but I also want to see it for free to see that photo. I want to, I just want to see I'll see what we can do. We might good. post something on our Twitter feed, so tune in to Pete M. Rogers at... At SB RB1 Nation. Podcast. Come on. Come on, Clark. Come on. Um, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad I'm glad we opened the show talking about important facial hair. And feel free, at, at RB1 Podcast, tweet us your facial hair if you want to be, I don't know, talked about. And if you want to beat us in terms of facial hair in this. 
and you can compare your beard to Clark's and see where you fall on Clark's beard uh, beard scale. Um, we got a lot of news to talk about, so it's just going to be a news pod today, and we'll start it off with, uh, it was breaking news kind of a week or two ago, not even really breaking, it was the popular news, and it's kind of only gained traction since then, uh, and that is Russell Wilson and Seahawks kind of rubbing gears uh, this Russell Wilson has expressed, he's come out pretty vocally about how he doesn't like to get hit anymore, uh, and would like to like to have some protection from the Seahawks. And just, there seems to be some underlying tension between Wilson and Seattle. Clark is nodding his head in agreement, certain that this trade I will mean, go down. First, do you think he's talking about Rihanna? And then two, Sierra, don't we, all, we talked about Sierra. this before the I, show, Clark. <laughs> I was so close. And then two, like, doesn't every quarterback want to get hit less? It's true, but also, I mean, Nick, you're a resident Seahawks fan. Would you love to see Russell Wilson get traded so that Pete Carroll can now really sculpt this team in his image? My favorite idea floated was to send him to the Raiders. Not not because I want to see him in Las Vegas, but because I want to see what Pete Carroll's offense becomes with Derek Carr. Yes, quarterback. Love it. Because I can't think of a better way to show Seattle how fucked up this offense is than to put Derek Carr in there and make him try to pop gun arm his way down the field to DK Metcalf. Um, I I was pretty happy when it came out. I really like the way that they um, his agent said. We have not requested a trade, but if we were looking for one, these four teams are who we we would want to be. You're the only four teams you want to go to. But we're not, again, I want to say we are not asking for a trade, but if so, we only will go to the Cowboys, Raiders, Bears, and Saints. That was so good. Um, We'll circle back to this with some other divisional news, so I won't um, pull back the onion curtain entirely here. But I do just want to say that at one point in Russell Wilson's career, I think it was 2014 or 20, I think it was 2015. Um, the plan, the offseason plan was for him to lose 15 pounds so that he could better evade pass rushers. So he would be more spry because the team did not invest in the offensive line. That And he like it's a good sign. made good. public, I'm, he decided to drop down to 205 so he could better outrun rushers. Like, which should have been a signal to the front office that he was not happy that he, anyway. I just love the deliciously malicious. I want Russell Wilson to leave so that I can be right about Pete Carroll being crappy. And I I, mean, I it, believe you like. It makes I no sense. Badly. This is just like another example where we've talked about this with Deshaun Watson when we were talking about that trade for the time. It's just like, it's an example of the highest, the most prized commodity in all of professional sports is quarterback. And yet these there's teams- There's like 10 who, quarterbacks who just- And these teams who have quarterbacks, they're just, they're, they're just, they treat them like they could just pull them out of nothing. It's like Deshaun Watson, Jerry Jones's treatment of Dak. And, and this right here, where like the Seahawks, you're kind of like the Seahawks being like, well, maybe we'll just keep Pete Carroll and trade Russell Wilson. It's like, that is- the absolutely the wrong thing to do it's get rid of do whatever russ wants 
in order to keep him in house. And like, that's been the kind of things that have come out. I know the athletic wrote an article about it where like Wilson has tried the, one of the reasons for this frustration is that Wilson has feels like he's not being heard by the Seahawks brass that he is trying to help implement things or try to flex some of that, you know, quarterback power that for instance, Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay and Bruce Arians has been on multiple occasions, been like, I deferred to Tom, like Tom brought in Antonio Brown. Tom is brought in Gronk. Like we listened to Tom and it feels like Russell Wilson wants that same power in Seattle, which by Welsh he deserves and should have. Uh, and yet, and all he's requesting is like, get me halfway decent, decent offensive lineman to protect me, which is, seems like a general good building block for a team to make. And yet the Seahawks somehow are kind of like, ter- like making this a, a point of tension. Like instead of trading our first round draft pick for a safety that we're about to pay a shit ton of money for, just draft me a good guard. Is that that hard? I haven't been following like all the tiny details of like what people are writing about it or things like that. But just based on what I've gathered, I just assumed that Russell Wilson is using this as like a leverage ploy to hopefully get what he wants. Um, And he has every right to make some demands he's the franchise quarterback he is the guy that makes well at least he tries to make everything run even if they don't let him and I don't, I don't know if you're naming like the bears as one of the four destinations you'd rather go play for things are either very very tough in seattle or you're kind of full of it like i, I don't know I don't which know. way i'm tr- leaning on that one but it, it's tough I don't know why that was on his list. That seems like a very, the Saints, uh, the Cowboys, and the Raiders to a certain extent, maybe. The Bears is just like, why? What are you doing here, Russ? He said Jets too, which is a little like, okay. (laughs) Players are obsessed with Robert Sala. Like, well, so the Jets, the Jets yeah. at least, yeah, like the Jets kind of makes, I I even would say the Jets make more sense than the Bears, but maybe that's they're well set up to have a productive passing game offense. Yeah. Like they're, they don't have superstars, but they've got a deep receiving core. They got Mackay back in there. Clark, what's going on? I mean, so I feel like with Russ being so unhappy, like he has so many tools in Seattle with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf developing. They've got like four tight ends who are at least serviceable. If Chris Carson comes back for like a four year, five million dollars a year deal which i feel like is eventually going to happen because like no one's going to give chris carson a lot of money but he's good and and he's he's done well for the seahawks so i should pay him a little bit like i think all russell wilson is asking for is like please let the quarterback be the focus of this offense instead of this just nonsense we're going to run on first and second down and hope I can do something on third down, which is what you do when you have a crappy team. Like, right. That's what you do when you have Kirk cousins, right. And yeah. Kirk cousins is okay, but he's not going to, he's just a mid-level quarterback. When you have Russell Wilson, like let him play a little bit. And then maybe your team would be a little bit better. And they're so close to doing it, but they are being held back by their coach. And that's why I do kind of love the media warfare of like, I want to leave. Or if you could just not be such jerks, then everything would be okay. <laughs> so, yeah, they um, 
something you were saying earlier, Pete, uh, about how some of these teams that have these, like the, the, the quarterback that you really can't replace, it's not just an above average guy, but right. like, we're not, you're not, you're probably in this coach's career. It, you, he's not going to get another one of these. Um, and that they don't seem to treat it like that. It is really interesting. One thing that he's, that Pete Carroll has talked about since he came here was the idea of building his offensive scheme um, around a scheme and not a player. And that, that specific thing has been repeated for years and years. And like, I mean, there, there was a time you guys didn't know me then, but I was like, that's brilliant. I was obsessed with the Seahawks through, up through like 2013, 2014 is when I started a sour, but um, yeah, they, they, and the, the Seattle, the, the team then, and I think fans still now are sold on this idea that by not asking one guy, i.e. the quarterback, the potential hall of fame quarterback to not, um, basically if he gets hurt, what are they going to do? That's his thing is what happens if Russell Wilson is not available? What does the team do? And the answer is, well, it does shit all because you can't win without a quarterback anyway. Um, But he, it doesn't, the synapses are not connecting. They're not. Yeah. And two points there. When you have Matt Hasselbeck, that is the offense that you want to build. Totally. When you're the Ravens and you have no quarterback, but you have a fantastic defense, that's what you want to do. But when you have Russell Wilson, well, if they get hurt, you're effed anyway, just like you're effed if, your other quarterback well, gets hurt. You got to take advantage of like, well, Russell Wilson's amazingly good at not getting hurt. So preparing for that to happen by dumbing down your offense so that Matt Hasselbeck could run it. Well, what are you doing? Who was the, uh, was it Bill Polian? Somebody, some reporter, I think asked him why uh, the backup Peyton Manning's backup never took any first team reps. Yeah. And he said, but- cause if 18 goes down, we're fucked and we don't practice fucked. <laughs> Was that right. Tom Moore or something like that? I remember I that. Remember, but yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's such a stupid way to build your team is like, we're going to try to keep ourselves quarterback proof. So it doesn't matter who's under center. And it's like, well, if you have one of the five best quarterbacks under center, that is your advantage. And like hype that up to the highest degree. And so this one is Andy, definitely Andy, top five, right? Like if you're yes. starting an oh, NFL 100%. draft, yeah. he's top five. Right? Like Andy Reid isn't like, I need to build an offense that could work without Patrick Mahomes in case we lose Patrick Mahomes. No. And that's, so that's, that's what begs the question of like, why, why acquire him? It didn't, it didn't, it, it has not made sense to me uh, why they bother extending him. If, mm, if what right. they're doing is that they don't want to make him important and they're going to sacrifice the ability to build the team, which is what you do when you pay a quarterback, you really hurt your ability to build the team. Now at the same time, the cap doesn't necessarily exist, but like Russell Wilson being on a $300,000 salary as he was early in his career is what allowed them to build like the best roster I've ever seen. Um, when you pay the guy, then it, it kneecaps your ability to build this crazy defense that, that P Carroll wants to do. So I've never understood it. Um, but I, I think it actually might happen. We, we should move on to the, the divisional thing so we can really put a button on why this actually something accelerated this possibility today. Well, to your point, Nick, when you finally like have to pay the quarterback and he's the franchise quarterback and he's your guy, that just means you have to make less mistakes everywhere else. Um, like your hit rate 
radius is smaller. You have to not draft Rashad Penny in the first round. You have to not make a trade for Jamal Williams. Like your, um, your room for error minimizes and it's, that's, that's what all teams have to deal with, but it depends on how you deal with it. Yeah. Nick, uh, Nick coming for my mustache and coming for my hosting transition chair. So, wow. This is just really, I prefer to say we all help each other. Ah, well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Nick, look at that face. Nick is a, he's a schemer. He's got plans. He's got plans under that. Uh, Yes, there was big news that came out today, Monday, which was the fact to really ramp up this Russell Wilson, especially since Wilson has kind of made it his like political slogan that uh, keep me upright is kind of his is his mantra about staying in Seattle. And what do the Arizona Cardinals do but go out and add J.J. Watt to a two year three thirty one million dollar deal. Uh, so now Russell Wilson is going to face JJ Watt and Chandler Jones on the same team twice a year to go along with Aaron Donald and, uh, and Joey Bosa, not Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, uh, for the 49ers, which this only makes like, this brings the, the, the point even more forward where it's like the Seahawks need to be addressing their offensive line. Now, Jordan, I know JJ Watt after saying that he wants to go win a championship signing with the Arizona Cardinals really, really rubbed you the wrong way. I thought it was confusing, not just because I'm a Packer fan and I watched JJ Watt play when he was with the Badgers and have like a very miraculous run there. But I thought that even if he went with like a Cleveland or a Buffalo, he would have been a little bit closer to winning a title, which he said was a main aspect of it, uh, title quarterback. I don't know where money stood on that list, but as, as you should, you players just in general, don't want to cap themselves too much on what they're willing to give up financially. Um, I'm not going to knock him for that, but I think at two years, 31 guaranteed, or was it a little less than that guaranteed? But that's a lot of money guaranteed. And I don't know if the other franchises except maybe maybe Cleveland could have been able to pull that off and I would probably choose Kyler Murray over Baker Mayfield anyway yeah there was a lot of question marks and people comparing J.J. Watt wanting to get out and being released in Houston versus Deshaun Watson wanting to get out and not being released in Houston but J.J. Watt had I think like 20 million or you know, 40 million, maybe over two years on the books in Houston and not a lot of dead money. And he just simply was not producing at the level that he was, which is not insulting because he was producing at an Aaron Donald level for three quarters of a decade. When yeah, he most was of his career. Yeah. Yeah. He is amazing, but he was no longer amazing on a mediocre team. So I would totally let him go. And it's good that he got picked up by the Cardinals. And I think as a contributor and no longer as an Aaron Donald type or what I would call a JJ Watt type as someone who you just must devote two blockers to on every play. He's not that anymore, but he is definitely someone who I think can be disruptive. If there are four other guys, five other guys who are rushing. And so that's good for him. It's crummy for the Texans to lose a guy like that and not get anything back. But Good for JJ, and and that's a good pickup for the Cardinals because he's still good. He's just not Pro Bowl, All Pro JJ Watt anymore. 
And I think the Cardinals, I think I was really upset they didn't go to the Browns just because the thought of JJ Watt and Miles Garrett rushing off the same defensive line had me all kinds of hot and bothered. Um, also, did you guys see that Miles Garrett dunk highlight video that he posted on Twitter? If you haven't seen it, you should go look at it because Miles Garrett, I don't understand how his body functions. Like he is, he is an alien that has been sent to this earth to just basically wreak havoc on quarterbacks because his body doesn't look human. Uh, uh, Jordan wants to talk about the dunk highlights that came out of Devonte Adams this week. Oh, I didn't see Devonte Adams has some dunk highlights. Oh, Devonte Adams has some bunnies. He can get Woo-hoo. up too. He can fly. Woo-hoo. Sponsored uh, by Jordan Brand, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be the shoes. So, I think the kind of just putting a bow on the whole uh, Cardinals defensive line thing. I thought that this was just hysterical. Uh, Chandler Jones tweeted out, "Also feel bad for my guy RW3 LOL," which is Russell Wilson the third. Um, Everyone I mean, knows it. Everyone knows it. It's oh my gosh. What, what do you? How how much um, do you think it uh, the situation in Seattle factored into Cliff Kingsbury and company? thinking um, maybe we should just pull the trigger on, on Watt right now. Do you think that, that they would have done this partially? I mean, obviously they got a really good uh, defensive lineman. He's, he's not what he once was, blah, blah, blah. But do you guys think that they did this to try to fan the flames in Seattle? I mean, that's super hard to say is what is going on in other people's minds. I think it's a very easy, uh, it's a super easy jump to say, Hey, we can get this guy who once dominated the entire league as a tackle, a three, four tackle. So not exactly a tackle, sort of an end, sort of a tackle, but we can pair him with Chandler Jones and we can pair him with the other athletic guys that we have on our line. And for like a, a pretty reasonable for a guy who could go into that Reggie White kind of arc in his career for four or five more years of just not being the guy who's constantly double teamed, but still be incredibly productive in a line where you have to worry about three or four guys. So I think this is a good move for the football team. And then as a subtext, it's very interesting to think about how it plays into the like Russell Wilson's super happy about having a shitty offensive line. And so let's get JJ Watt to come play. Let's add another. I saw, I think it was PFF tweeted it out or something like that, where the two highest sack rates from 2012 since 2012 till now, JJ Watt is number one and Chandler Jones is number two or something. And like just that. like, I hate to belabor this a point as someone who watches all the Texans game. I'm a Texans Homer. I really love them. JJ Watt does so much more than totally. get after the quarterback. He's he really plays the run. Well, he deflects a lot of passes. Like it has become an idiom in the NFL when someone knocks down the pass frequently. You'd be like, oh, he's like a JJ Watt who knocks down. The-. He is just a really good football player. And so adding him to your team, I think for the Cardinals is a fantastic move. And then if it uh, throws a little salt into the wound of uh, Pete Carroll's having to deal with his quarterback, well, then all the better. All the better. Plus, he gets to rejoin uh, DeAndre Hopkins. We're having a little Texas reunion in Arizona. That's. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I think with the addition of JJ Watt, like just adding him to Chandler Jones and then Hassan Reddick, they moved him to the outside 
back from uh, when they had him playing at middle linebacker. Uh, he was a pretty good pass rusher last year too. So that might make it easier for them to let Patrick Peterson walk. Um, just all around, like you said, Clark, JJ Watt does more for that defense than um, people will, or will do more for that defense than people realize. And I think that uh, rather than fan the flames in Seattle for Russell Wilson's departure, maybe they think, maybe they have some inside information or maybe this is just their thinking is that maybe that relationship is actually a little bit too damaged. And if Russell Wilson goes somewhere else that Seattle without a legitimate starting quarterback, um, or if they get Derek Carr back, that's still a downgrade. Um, the situation in San Francisco is a little up in the air because um, Shanahan wants obviously not Garoppolo, maybe Deshaun Watson, but they don't know if they're getting him either. And um, beautiful. Matthew Stafford, he might be like, he's good, but he might be a year away from getting everything you need out of him in the McVay offense. So it could be a window. Yeah, certainly. All right. Going to cut in for a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to whatever it was we were talking about. Awesome. Uh, more in the news, <clears throat> excuse me, going back to Clark's Texans. We had two releases, uh, from the AFC South. Duke Johnson was released by the Houston Texans and Adam Humphreys released by the Tennessee Titans. Both guys who maybe could have, uh, some fantasy value if they find a good landing spot. Do either of these guys entice you still, Nick? I mean, uh, dude, Duke Johnson, I think he's had his, I think he's had his chances. I, does anybody else feel differently about him? I, I, I was a big believer, but no longer. He would look great in Cleveland, and then he just didn't really do much in Houston. Yeah. I mean, I think at best he's maybe a spot starter during yep. the season for you. If a couple of people go down, which is just, eh, that's not exciting. I've As seen for- him linked. I, oh, sorry, I was going to say, I've seen him linked a lot to New England. If James White, who's also a free agent, leaves in free agency, that like Duke Johnson could be a plug-and-play guy for that. But I, I mean, I don't know. Probably just depends on what White's asking. Belichick knows exactly what he's getting from him. But, I mean, so the other guy, Adam Humphreys, is, I mean, New England really wanted to sign him badly before he ended up in Tennessee, which was weird. I mean, Variable and and Belichick must have texted about that or something. I I don't know what the deal was there or why the two Pats guys were. Anyway, um, does he excite me? No. I mean, undersized guy he's never been terribly productive he's had a i think a number of injuries this over the last like year or two he didn't do a ton in um 
in Tennessee, I, I think more than anything, what I'm hoping from this is that this means they're going to try to resign Corey Davis. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I, my needle has not moved, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, Adam Humphreys, so when he became a free agent and he was going, he had like the perfect free agent season uh, in 2018 for the Bucks. He had uh, 76 catches, 800 plus yards and five touchdowns. And that was obviously the best. That's the best he's had in his career. And then both years with the Titans, he hasn't really done much. So he, there is like the potential for him to be a, you know, a 60 to 70 receive, you know, receptions guy seeing about 80 plus targets, uh, whether or not he still is that person, who knows? I think it's going to be something where it's like comes down to what offense he lands in. And if he's back in new England, new England is a team, or if he goes to new England, team that like the Patriots certainly need all the wide receiver help they they can get and the previous connection there already was standing like maybe that's a landing spot for him where I would be intrigued by plus we know white slot receivers who go to New England I mean damn those guys put up numbers so and the the hope here is that not that you're excited for him in fantasy but that he might be a slight bump to a quarterback mm. that you're in. yes I can see Duke Johnson getting some fantasy value back if he goes to a team with like an absolutely stacked offensive line, because I always felt like when Duke Johnson got on the field, the like, whether it's the Browns or the Texans, they're kind of telegraphing what they were about to do. Um, we like, we're going to throw a screen to Duke Johnson or we're going to dump it off. So if he gets behind like a good offensive line where he can actually run and make it a little bit trickier for the defenses to decide what they're going to do, uh, he could get some value back there. Um, Adam Humphreys, I think is like a fifth wide receiver on a roster, not your fantasy roster, but a regular roster. If Duke Johnson goes to the perfect situation, and I don't know what that is. I'm not putting that out there. If he goes to the perfect situation, could you see him as a Kareem Hunt light, uh, in terms of fantasy production where he's like maybe a, a reliable, certainly reliable. And I'm saying light. So it's a certainly reliable RB three who sometimes can give you good RB two returns. Anyone getting 20 touches is interesting, but outside of that, no. Yeah. And if I just have to guess what his usage will be, then no. Probably not 20 touches. Yeah. It'd be a no for me, dog. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I would not expect it to happen if he ends up in a great place. Like if there's um, a situation that reminds me of uh, what we thought like Jarrell Williams might have this year in Kansas city where like for whatever reason, there's just this one unproven starter in Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And when we all think that Darrell Williams is going to be like the potential number two or whatever, if he's in that situation and I can get him very, very late, then I like, sure. Why not? But again, we like that because it's Kansas city offense. They passed the running back a ton. Like it, it, a lot of cards have to fall in the right place. Sure. Cool beans. All right. Well, finally in the news, uh, Aaron Rodgers got engaged to uh, to longtime, not longtime, short-time girlfriend, Cheyenne Woodley. And Jordan, you famously would have been the ring bearer at Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick's wedding had that happened, but it didn't happen. Do you think you'll be invited to this wedding? First of all, I want to say it's Shailene Woodley. I don't know. Shailene. How you just pronounced that. I don't even know what sake, I said. Pete. I apologize. Um, 
but I, I don't I don't know. Maybe if I become friends with Jodie Foster, who just randomly shouted him out last night after her Golden Globes win, uh, maybe I can get up there. I don't know. I like how you're in your, your way to get into Aaron Rodgers' wedding is to befriend Jodie Foster as opposed to like befriending of the celebrities to befriend. It seems like I would just befriend Aaron Rodgers, and that's how you're like, no, no, no. I'm gonna become besties with Jodie, and then Jodie's gonna get me in. I, I feel like long con. Aaron feels yeah. like he's a, a tough nut to crack. Like he do, he doesn't let a lot of people into his inner circle that easily. So That's yeah, you got to go the roundabout way. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And uh, and Jody Foster, that's a good a good roundabout way. Jody Foster is a sneaky like she's been killing it for forty mm. years, which is yes. nearly impossible for actresses to do. So. I know this this whatever. new Clarice show on whatever it is NBC or ABC. I haven't seen it at all, but it's definitely got me to be like, "Ooh, I should watch uh, Silence of the Lambs again." So, uh, this is apropos of nothing here, but my my birthday is in seven days, and the number one movie in the box office the week I was born was Silence of the Lambs. So that's there just a random fact that'll always stay with me. <laughs> Seven days? That's going to line... Per- that's a perfect week from now. Birthday We're going to be show. on the show. Okay, six days. Sorry. Oh, damn it. Birthday show. Math Birthday show. Birthday show. Well, it'll be a delayed... It'll be a 24-hour delayed birthday show. So, I mean, if that doesn't get you, the listeners, to subscribe, to listen to Jordan's... 24-hour delayed birthday show in which he tells us about how he befriended Jodie Foster and got his invite to Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley's wedding. What are you doing? Well, speaking of potentially taking over hosted duties, oh, can, I, God damn it, can I maybe tease what we might talk about next week? Why not? Of elder statesmen Versus newcomers in would you draft Ezekiel Elliott or Clyde Edwards Hilaire first? Hmm. Those are the hard hitting issues that we may discuss. We may discuss at some point, possibly. I like that. I like the elder statement versus young whippersnapper. Yeah, like all these guys like eight years younger than me. Fuck. (laughs) I know the elder statesmen are like 26. You're like, God damn it. That makes me feel old. All right. Well, there you go. There's so many teases that we've given you that if you don't go and hit that subscribe button, we can't offer you anything more. So make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast, wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And Nicolas at ginger underscore underscore nick without a k we will be back at you next week happy early birthday to jordan and then happy belated birthday to jordan when we talk next until then peace i saw silence of the lambs when i was totally old enough to get it but totally not old enough to be okay with it yeah a seminal point in my life third grade third grade oh my god that would have haunted me (laughs) It has. Yeah. That that that's understandable. <laughs>